thank you thank you uh, for accepting my invitation and accepting to be on my show that's great yeah i uh been watching your youtube channel and uh always like to 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 see more uh, interesting things and and see interesting people to talk to so uh i'm uh from virginia and i run a small company called polito incorporated and we do cybersecurity uh incident response ransomware response uh pen testing and red teaming so uh before before talking about uh, before talking more about uh, you and the work that you are doing uh, about the company uh, can you please introduce uh, yourself to my audience sure yeah i started out in it uh 20 years ago and like most people i or a lot of people i started in in uh, technical support answering phone calls and uh working the desk um and i got into cyber working midnight shifts uh at the at in a sock security operations center um while going to school and so uh i didn't have a degree when i started it just uh kept going going to school while i was working um then when i finally got my degree i was it opened up a lot more opportunities uh but having that experience i think was more important than having the degree to to get started into cybersecurity so then you started uh in 1996 was uh when i first got my it job and then uh working the sock in 2000 um then i started my company polito incorporated in 2012 uh after working for large contracting companies uh, i uh started polito it's kind of the place that i wanted to work in and uh it, it's it's kind of place that uh we could be creative and also work uh for customers that we want to work for so cyber security so you have huge experience in this and you decided to start uh, your own company <clears throat> yes yeah so working for over uh, 20 years with different companies for different companies uh, it i realized that uh if i started my own company i get to choose a lot of the the jobs that i wanted to work on and so it's a lot more exciting uh we do some uh pen testing cyber the uh security testing we're looking for vulnerabilities and we try and find them before the bad guys do so like the recent log4j vulnerability um i think it caught a lot of people by surprise uh what we like to do is is be proactive and then work with our customers to scan for these and look for these vulnerabilities uh before they're exploited and then in in the uh chance that they are exploited by someone other than us uh <clears throat> we help the customers respond to that 
and try and fix that as quickly as possible. So what was that thought uh, which made you to start your own? Uh, you want to change something or you want to fix something or you want to uh, do something uh, in cybersecurity? Uh, to start my own company in cybersecurity, it's, it, it's kind of exciting uh, because you really have no guarantees that you're going to have work from one week to the next. Uh, I think for people starting a company, it, it is uh, kind of a scary thing. Um, but I think part of that challenge is what draws us into this. It, I So I started uh, my own company because I wanted to work the jobs that, that I wanted to work and not what my boss wanted me to work. Uh, so it gave me the freedom to, to do that. And it kind of grew where I had other people that were like-minded that also wanted to work uh, exciting jobs and didn't necessarily want a boss always telling them what to do. You know, I think some people can live and work in that environment where they have someone telling them, you sit in this chair and you work on this project and uh, that's all you do today and tomorrow and next day and for the rest of uh, your employment. Uh, but for my company, I could be working a pen test, uh, responding to an incident, and uh, <clears throat> also just uh, doing research all in the same day. And it doesn't limit me to one specific area. And so that's really, I think, why I picked this field in the first place. But with this job, that's definitely why I, I like uh, working in cybersecurity and especially in my own company. Uh, yeah. Why you want to put this name? Uh, Polito. Polito Incorporated. Polito is actually part of my name, but in Italian, it could also mean polished. And so uh, I like to think that we provide polished uh, cybersecurity services. Um, that's that's kind of the name uh, idea for Polito Incorporated. Yeah, I had a, I struggled to find a name for a company, and uh, I couldn't think of uh, anything that sounded cool that wasn't already taken, and so uh, Polito just seemed natural to me. So, what exactly Polito do? <clears throat> uh, so we do pen testing. That's where we're looking for vulnerabilities in client sites, red teaming, where we're uh, assuming a breach would occur and we're attacking from the inside and looking for uh, uh, ways to demonstrate that there's weaknesses in their Windows domain, uh, phishing attacks, like social engineering, sending people uh, emails and asking them to click on it, uh, or uh, vishing where we're calling them up and directing them to uh, do certain things. Um, we also do a lot of incident response uh, because we're not the only ones using these tactics. Uh, actual criminals, cyber criminals are using the same tactics and they're quite successful at getting ransomware installed or uh, extorting companies with whatever information that they steal. And so uh, 
we assist companies in recovering from those attacks, um, identifying if any sensitive information was exposed, and then uh, trying to uh, stop future attacks or at least limit the exposure that the customers have from those attacks through like, different mitigation strategies. So different mitigation strategies can be like doing VLAN restricting on their internal network so that um, their, their desktops are not necessarily able to communicate with some of their um, accounting software, for example. Uh, they should all be on separate networks so that if one is compromised, they're not all compromised. So typically what we're seeing in most organizations is it's a flat environment where as soon as you get that foothold onto the network, you're able to go anywhere across the network. You worked for, you gave uh, your service uh, for? Uh, <clears throat> we have customers in finance, um, critical infrastructure, uh, pretty much across the uh, the board. We've, we've responded to ransomware attacks with uh, uh, local city, state governments, and uh, so it's pretty varied. Um, I did a lot of work with Comcast over the years, uh, hacking their their routers and um, set-top boxes and stuff. So you understand everything in cybersecurity? I don't know if anybody understands everything. <laughs> Uh, I'm definitely what you would call a uh, mile wide inch deep in my knowledge. So I do know a lot of different things about a lot of different things, um, but I might not be the expert at all of them. So for example, I think even though I, I do pretty good at, at a lot of uh, pen testing and hacking and stuff, there are areas where I am still researching like reverse engineering, um, coding, programming. I'm always learning about new things and trying to increase my knowledge. So providing security to the machines, uh, providing security to the softwares, so mm -hmm. providing security uh, to the non-living things. So yes, <laughs> yeah, so application security, is something we run across a lot. We're looking at how are applications coded and how do they uh, <clears throat> how do they work, and uh, what are ways that they there are weaknesses in them. Uh, so that, that's always a fun one we're looking for and uh, trying to demonstrate. For example, SQL injection or cross-site scripting uh, in the application. Um, the recent log4j example, we're looking for, does it even run Java? If, uh, if it runs Java, then we could look at ways we can try and exploit that. So yeah, we're, I think part, the first part of a test is where what's called footprinting the application, uh, looking for uh, different versions that they're running, um, and then trying to piece together how it works. 
and then looking for those weaknesses in the application. So as a founder of uh, Polito, so what uh, Polito, uh, the best thing that Polito did after coming in the market? Uh, I think the best thing we do is we're flexible. So if uh, the today clients need instant response, we can jump on that you know right away. Uh, we're small, so we're only 12 people, um, but we're kind of spread out. So we have people out in Tennessee or Ohio or uh, Florida, and uh, we're able to respond quickly to different challenges. Um, I think similar to me, where I focus in a lot of different areas, Polito also does the same. And we have that philosophy where if you're working with, if you're working for Polito, you're going to do a lot of different things and not be just uh, restricted to one area. Um, so we're, although we do value specialization, uh, we also like people who can be able to, uh, to be flexible. <clears throat> so why do a individual or a company need to uh, select Polito for their cybersecurity services? Um, I think working with a company that is responsive to your needs and has experience across the industry is valuable. I think uh, it may not necessarily be Polito, but I do think that companies do need to be proactive in their security. And I also think that companies should have a outside external look at their, at their uh, security. Uh, because if you're working on it every day, you're too close to it and you don't necessarily see all the vulnerabilities and the holes, uh, whereas an outsider uh, can definitely see things that, that you may, might miss. Um, and it, it never help, hurts to have a second opinion uh, when it comes to, uh, to something as critical as cybersecurity. So, yeah, I think that uh, I, I would say that, yes, Pick Polito, but if not, you know, pick some cybersecurity company uh, just so that you can have that that security. So you give uh, so you give services uh, only to uh, to the U.S. country. Uh, we do a lot of commercial work, and uh, <clears throat> we're kind of spread out in uh, the type of work that we do. Uh, I think we, we try and focus on uh, um, commercial opportunities, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, you're giving services from 2012 uh, only to United States or uh, you're giving to other oh. countries also? Uh, so we've been lucky to work with com countries in uh, places in Canada. Um, Europe and uh, South America. Uh, we recently had a, a, a guy down in Colombia imaging some servers for uh, a, an incident in Colombia, uh, for example. Uh, so we are happy to, to travel. It's become a lot harder to travel now with all the restrictions, but uh, I think 
travel restrictions are easing up and uh, we're definitely looking forward to to more uh, international work. Yeah. So before starting Bolito, you already have a lot of uh, experience. You already worked in the industry. You uh, you uh, you know how things work already. Exactly. Yeah. So I didn't know how to start a company or run a company, but I knew how to do cybersecurity. I knew how to hack and I knew how to do incident response. So I'd say I was 75% uh, there to uh, to running a company. Uh, but starting a company and running a company and having employees are all things that I really had to do research on and to learn as I went. Um, what I can recommend for someone else starting a new company uh, is to, to reach out to similar people, similar companies, owners, founders, and talk to them. Uh, find out who their accounting services is with. Uh, how do they do accounting? Uh, find out are they uh, are they um, you know how do, how do they manage people? How do they uh, uh, do invoicing? Um, I think accounting was probably one of my biggest things with starting the company because I'm not really good with with uh, I'm, I'm more the creative type, not the details type. And accounting, you have to be very detail oriented and uh, have the, an eye on the money. So that was really the first thing I outsourced was just all my accounting work. And uh, so I could focus on running a business of uh, cybersecurity and doing what I like to do. So you said uh, you give uh, cybersecurity services to uh, different industries, like you mentioned finance and others. So giving giving to different uh, uh, you know, service to different things, how is that experience uh, you know in, in, in this long time of yours? Uh, I think uh, I, I'd like variety. So that's kind of what I've unconsciously seek out is just different types of uh, opportunities with different types of, of uh, work. So yeah, it's true. Uh, I think the finance application, financial applications, for example, are always interesting. Um, critical infrastructure, because it's so important, is is exciting to work on. Uh, but I also really like working on embedded systems like Linux, and uh, I think pretty much every new device that's coming out now underneath it's running Linux. So even though it sits on your uh, next to your TV or even your TV itself is running Linux probably. Uh, so I like to test those embedded types of systems as well. Um, see what I can learn, uh, see what they're capable of and uh, just, you know, have fun with it. So you started uh, uh, cybersecurity uh, uh, studies uh, in 1990s. Uh, so when you started, it was a completely different thing inside the machine. Uh, now uh, it's 2020. What is the difference that you are observing in this uh, uh, providing the service? In the 90s, if you were on the internet, you had a IP address that was uh, 
publicly routable. Now everything's natted behind firewalls and uh, other in intrusion, you know, other prote security protections. Uh, so in the 90s, you could connect directly uh, to a target and you had to uh, see if you, you know, it was a lot easier to break into things back in the 90s, I think. Um, but in a way, we're still doing the same thing that we were doing then. Like, I think one of the most common ways that compromises occur is through brute forcing passwords. Um, and that was the same as it was back in the 90s. Uh, I think remote desktop is probably the number one way that that attackers are gaining access into into uh, our customers' networks. SSH brute forcing is yet another one. Uh, you understand uh, space technology security? What's that? Space technology? Uh, yeah. Like satellites and stuff. If you think about it, the satellites, they're probably running Linux as well. Uh, it's exciting. And I think the opportunity to work in those things would be fun. But when something shipped out into space and when uh, how long it's operational, it's it's years from when they first develop something to when they ship it out into space and uh, before, you know, it's really hard to change things once it's out there in space. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, through the social media, through this uh, huge traffic in the sites, uh, 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 if you observe today's uh, internet usage, it was it is completely different from back ten years. So mm -hmm. uh, the identity, the passwords, everything, uh, everything, people became uh, real online. So. Uh, so what what uh, internet is going to be? Is it is it possible for human being or experts like you to uh, put uh, walls around uh, you know uh, their house uh, in order to protect themselves in the internet? I I think so. I think uh, <clears throat> it, it's important to uh, when when they're they're building these new systems that they put safeguards in it by default and I, I think that's happening a lot now um so if uh everything from uh your home security system could be uh sh should be checked for vulnerabilities uh before it's actually put into production so you know hopefully cost you know hopefully these companies are doing that uh before putting it in place on uh on customers networks and in their houses and even um, looking for those vulnerabilities. Uh, for example, the uh, home security system that um, are, are designed, I think, to, uh, to to stop you from uh, just taking the system. Um, there should be alerts so that even if you are disabling the system, that if it doesn't call back, that it still alerts on something. Um, something like that. Yeah. So uh, the clients of yours before coming, uh, what 
common thing that they ask you? Uh, I think most common thing is is where are my vulnerabilities? Um, how did attackers get in? Uh, and did they take anything? Did they take anything sensitive? Um, so to answer those questions, we uh, we do what we call computer forensics. Uh, we look at the system, at the logs, look at the firewall logs, uh, NetFlow, uh, and look and see if we can find where the attackers came from. Um, and then we search on the systems itself to see if there's any indicators that the attackers were on the system. Um, and then we look for things that are considered by the customer sensitive or proprietary. For example, credit card numbers or uh, personal ID numbers or any personal information that could expose the the client to uh, to to blackmail. So that's usually the big thing is, uh, yeah, maybe the attackers got in, but if they didn't take anything really sensitive, then they uh, and they have backups, then you know they they might be okay. What do you, what do you say about uh, cryptocurrency? About what? Cryptocurrency. Oh, cryptocurrency. Uh, <clears throat> well, we run across Bitcoin a lot because that's usually what ransomware people are demanding when they uh, when they take over a, uh, a our, our clients. Um, I think that it it does give a lot of freedom to uh, to individuals where uh, you know. It's another it's it's another in investment, I guess. It's very volatile, <clears throat> so it changes constantly. Uh, but I think cryptocurrency is uh, it's it's a, it's a good way for the individual to have some freedom of uh, with their their money. Yeah. What do you think? But I think uh, you know you are an expert. I'm listening to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not an expert at cryptocurrency, but I do think that some cryptocurrency is good. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily put all my money into it, but I uh, I think that having that as like a hedge is probably a smart thing for uh, for most people. Yeah. But it does give you a lot of freedom in. Uh, how you can move money around easily. Uh, so, yeah, I can see I'm, where where it could be used bad for bad things as well, uh, because it is semi-anonymous. Um, when you send money to a Bitcoin address, you really don't know who's behind that Bitcoin address, um, do you? And what do you say about NFT? What's that? NFT. NFT. That's uh, that's a new thing that I haven't really gotten into much. It's it's a digital picture that somebody creates and then they can sell the picture. And so you can buy the picture or digital rights to the picture. 
Um, but someone could also just copy that picture uh, without actually buying it, from what I understand. Yeah. So uh, finding the loopholes, is that easy? It can be. It's a lot of luck sometimes. I think uh, that's what a lot of people don't understand about, about some aspects of cybersecurity. You know, some things are very scientific and uh, you follow a certain path and you get the same results. Uh, but when you're doing like a pen test or uh, when you're when you're hacking a, a complicated application, um, the application can respond randomly in different ways, depending on things like is the application under heavy load? Uh, when you stress it, does it act differently? And so uh, that's what makes it challenging to test um, for those applications. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it, it's what I find most interesting, I think, in that aspect of the job is that you really don't know what you're going to find until you start doing it. And it is kind of like exploring unknown territory, uh, especially when you're testing a new application. So it's pretty exciting. So what is what is uh, fascinating you uh, being in this uh, job uh, providing cybersecurity service? Um, I, I like the fact that it changes constantly and there's always something new to look out for. Uh, so it does require a lot of research and being able to to be a little bit flexible sometimes. Um, sometimes having to work nights and weekends because that's when there's some emergency that happens. Uh, but <clears throat> also having the flexibility to be able to work nights and weekends when I want to uh, so that I can spend time uh, doing something else. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of flexibility, I think, uh, in this industry that, uh, especially now that a lot of people are working from home, um, it, it does make it a lot easier to, uh, to do different things like that. So what is world without uh, Polito? What is, what is what? What is world uh, without uh, your company? Oh, uh, it would be one smaller, sadder uh, <laughs> uh, field security in cybersecurity. I think uh, there's there's a lot of companies out there that do what we do, um, but I think uh, we all kind of work together, and even though there is some competition. I think uh, more often we're working with companies rather than against them. And uh, I think my goal with with my company is, is to mentor new people, uh, help new businesses that are starting. And uh, I've always had kind of open door policy where you can you can reach out to me on Twitter or, or uh, LinkedIn or um, you can send smoke signals. Uh, I'm happy to answer, and uh, and 
and help you in any way I can, um, especially those that are new to the field and uh, want to get into it. Um, that's kind of how I started was just. I, uh, I just started talking to different people and uh, got their ideas and uh, started my own company. So uh, or even getting into pen testing and hacking. Um, started that by just watching other people do it and said, you know, hey, that looks like a lot of fun. And uh, that's basically how I started. Uh, like you said, uh, you are very responsive. Uh, Valito is uh, very responsive, uh, uh, solves problems very fast. So uh, your team is uh, 12 members. So mm -hmm. everybody can do everything. Everybody can do everything. That's our goal is that uh, if this week you're working on forensics, I want you to work on pen testing and uh, a red team engagement next week. I really like people to be cross trained and to be able to do you know multiple different things uh, rather than just specialize in one area. It's kind of my basic philosophy is uh, to be able to do anything and everything. You might not be as good at one of those things as someone else, but you can still contribute and you can still do it. So what uh, what is the impact uh, that you did with uh, your company? What is uh, what's that? that? What is the impact uh, that you created? Impact? Uh, <clears throat> uh, so the, someone said to me once, you know, why do I exist? Why does Polito exist? And I think the impact is that we help our customers uh, improve. I think improvement is important for everybody. It's important for me and definitely important for my employees and uh, also for my customers to be able to start from a place that in, in an area and then move them up to uh, a better place. Uh, so, uh, you know, lock down those uh, access control lists and uh, make an application more secure. Stop attacks like, uh, you know, cross-site scripting. Uh, find bad passwords on the network that attackers could use. Uh, so we're constantly improving and constantly looking for for ways that we can improve uh, so that we can be more resilient and uh, be uh, better able to face the challenges in the future. What you don't understand about cybersecurity? Uh, so crypto is probably one of my weaknesses. Um, but I mean, I, I work on it constantly and uh, I think nobody likes to talk about their weaknesses. But uh, yeah, I think uh, also policy. I, I'm not very good at doing security policy. Um, I don't memorize all the uh, different security regulations, uh, but it's something that I can continue to improve on and also something that I can work with my team to back me up and to uh, assist on.
so uh, for for which client you gave the best service all clients <laughs> um I, yeah i i think uh we we try and bring the same level of uh effort to to every client and we definitely want to improve uh you know for everyone yeah <laughs> So the attacks that you are observing, uh, you know, you said uh, you worked uh, in Canada and and uh, some European countries. So, mm -hmm. what is the different types of attacks that you observed and why they do? What is their uh, motivation? What is their intention? <clears throat> the ransomware is pretty simple. They want to uh, to force the company to pay them Bitcoin for a, a, a ransom. Um, so that's the motivation for the attackers. And then, so our, our job is to, to find out how they got in, uh, did they take anything that was sensitive and, um, monitor, are they, are they posting it on the dark web and, uh, help them recover as quickly as possible. Because, you know, the companies are in business to to make money and this this ransomware incident or hacking incident is stopping them from making money so our goal is to get them back in business as quickly as possible and at the same time to try and prevent future attacks uh if we can you know minimize the impact of future attacks so we're looking at how are backups stored. Uh, do they have, you know, disaster recovery? Um, do they have a plan? And so, we like customers that can be proactive. And so, as one of our services is uh, proactively looking for these types of things before an attack occurs, uh, so that they'll be more ready when an attack occurs. Because it's possible for companies to stop a lot of attacks, but there's always going to be some new zero day, some new vulnerability that comes out that they're not tracking that can impact them negatively. And uh, so our goal is definitely to to uh, try and help that. We had one case where uh, we're working with the bank and we've been working with the bank for years uh, and they had decent security. But then they brought in a, a vendor who was setting up their voice over IP phones and the vendor was compromised. And so they had VPN access into the network um, because the vendor was compromised. Uh, within a matter of weeks, the uh, our client was compromised. Uh, so those types of things can happen. It's like, you can be doing everything right and still fail. Um, I guess that's really the, uh, the the message here is that you know even though you try and stop all attacks, you might not be able to stop all of them. Uh, but you do want to try and mitigate the impact of an attack before um, before the attack occurs. So you, you want to put in those 
different safeguards to stop uh, the impact of it. Technology is advancing uh, day by day. Uh, every uh, the, the owners of the applications are improving uh, the standards and uh, updating uh, their softwares. Are you able to provide the security uh, to uh, everything that is updating constantly? It's very challenging. Uh, Windows Defender, I think, is now probably one of the best uh, antiviruses out there. It's sending stuff to the cloud. And it's very hard to beat Windows Defender when it's configured that way from the attacker's point of view. Um, <clears throat> so I think uh, what attackers are doing that defenders are also doing is we're, we're both modifying our methods. So attackers will say, okay, they can't beat Windows Defender signatures and the cloud-based access. So what do they try and do is they try and disable the antivirus. And so on the defender side, uh, they put in checks to stop disabling the antivirus. But the attackers are always going to try and find ways that can beat those different checks. So they'll uh, try and kill the service, uh, rename a file so that the service doesn't start, um, run some PowerShell to disable it, uh, kill the process. Um, you know, they'll use a dozen different ways to try and beat that security protection. And when they do, uh, it doesn't take too long before these uh, Windows Defender or other security companies to find ways to uh, to stop that attack. So it's it's a constant learning uh, and updating. So it's frustrating in some ways because if you're trying to do a demonstration and the technology is changing, uh, it can be pretty hard to uh, to have a successful demonstration. So the recent update for Microsoft is they're disabling macros for Office documents. So macros are really convenient because uh, you can automate a lot of your, your document processing. Um, you can have your documents running code, but this is also good for attackers because they want their code to run in the application as well. Uh, so I'm curious to see what will happen if, if Microsoft locks down macros on Office documents, what will attackers move to next, you know? Uh, how do you uh, charge to your clients for your service? And also, do all clients of yours uh, have uh, technical knowledge? Uh, I think uh, it's a it's a mixture. Probably uh, most of our clients do have really good security already, and we're serving as a a outside industry standard opinion. Um, we, we, we're we very flexible with how we work with clients. And in a lot of cases, we work with partners. So like I said earlier, uh, we're not always competing with other companies. Uh, in most cases, we're working with companies. And in some cases, uh, this is kind of how I started my company. Um, I work with larger companies who 
need someone that specializes in my special area. Uh, they need a pen tester or they need a uh, instant responder and they might have a full staff of people that are already fully booked and engaged. And so the choices that a company like that has is do they do they just turn off, turn down business or do they hire someone like me who can assist them with with those uh, with the, with that extra work? Uh, so yeah, I think uh, when it, most most of those jobs are like uh, you know net thirty, so we'll work the uh, the job and then in thirty days we uh, we get paid. Yeah, so for thirty days we don't get a paycheck. <laughs> well, my employees do, but uh, you know we have to be able to cover for that for uh, for a month at least. Are you able to? Uh, I mean, what what do you think? Uh, giving security to uh, to artificial intelligence. Um, giving security to to what? At artificial intelligence. Oh. So it's it's still one of those new and constantly changing fields, even though artificial intelligence has been around for a while. Um, it's uh, it's definitely something that's that's changing rapidly. Uh, I think uh, it is kind of a fun field to uh, to try and automate things. And um, yeah, I think uh, it, it's it's. It's just a new fun field to, to work with. I, I know with a lot of the GPUs and uh, the graphics cards that have the processing on the chip make things a lot faster. Um, and so that could also improve things like like artificial intelligence. Uh, definitely we'll have to have more safeguards, I think, in those. Uh, there was a pretty cool capture the flag event at DEFCON a couple of years ago where they had artificial intelligence for capturing the flag and uh, to see which which uh, team could capture the flag best through all just automated artificial intelligence means. Um, so it's definitely uh, kind of a new field and I'm looking forward to seeing it. So yeah, I, I've seen artificial intelligence in a lot of different fields. Um, I think probably where it's going to be more more interesting is in drones. You know, looking at how those uh, autonomous flying vehicles add in artificial intelligence, and uh, I think that would be pretty interesting. Uh, why do uh, people uh, use their uh, smartness to attack somebody? Why cyber attacks? I think now it's money, right? It, it's uh, cyber criminals. They're trying to make money, and so uh, they're uh, they they are trying to to find ways to uh, to do that. Um, they could probably do it legitimately. They could definitely start a company like I do and and work with companies uh, to improve security. Um, but I think they know that they can make a lot more money illegally. 
And I think there's some countries where they not only allow that, but they encourage it. So um, that's just been my experience. So, and sometimes they crack down on the criminals. Uh, so we'll see. I think recently they just wrapped up, they, they caught a whole bunch of cyber criminals in Russia uh, for different ransomware gangs. Um, but we'll see how long they stay uh, arrested and whether they're back out again. So it's kind of interesting. Um, sometimes when these criminals, they, uh, they go on vacation somewhere and uh, they go to a country that has extradition rights with the US and they get arrested anyway. So I think from the criminal's point of view, if if you're going to be a criminal, you, you probably have to stay in a place where you're not going to get caught. So you don't want to, if you're a criminal, you don't want to go to a country where they have uh, uh, harsh criminal laws against that. Uh, but still, uh, uh, there is a there is a disconnection between uh, cyber loss and uh, the loss of the lands loss of different countries mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah so uh i think we can all agree though that you know ransoming a company uh millions of dollars in bitcoin is wrong uh but you're right there's definitely uh different rules for for uh for cyber uh in, in some countries you can't even have security tools security tools are illegal uh, in other countries it's not so and i think for a long time in the us we banned crypto so if you had a program that used any type of cryptography uh, you weren't allowed to share that with people in other countries uh, but the laws are constantly changing as well and so uh, i think that's definitely going to be a challenging uh, aspect of cybersecurity. Yeah. But. So, uh, if uh, if my country or my state or my province uh, IT minister is watching this, what do you what advice uh, you will give to him about uh, about uh, cybersecurity? So, I I think that because we have the global economy. And uh, cybersecurity is something that anybody can learn and do. It, uh, people in India are definitely increasing their uh, their entrepreneur. I, I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs in India, right? So uh, we're definitely looking forward to to working with people in India, and uh, we have a lot of people from India in the United States as well. So. Uh, it's it's always, I think diversity is a very important part of of uh, successful business, and diversity of mind, and also diversity of background. So, being able to think differently allows you to see things that other people don't see, and that's really the the essential hacker mindset is just always being able to to think differently uh, and look for things that uh that other people just didn't see so 
Yeah, it's it's exciting. I think that's probably one of the the fun parts about the uh, the job. So at last, uh, uh, you bought a, a point called uh, diversity. So by seeing the diversity in my YouTube channel, what do you say about me and my work? Uh, I always like your your channel. I, I think uh, you talk to some fun people, and so I look forward to to listening more. And uh, I, I like uh, you seem like a friendly person, so I, I definitely like uh, to talk with you more in the future as well. Uh, I'll put uh, your website link uh, in the description of this video. People who find our video on YouTube can see uh, uh, okay. the service that you're providing and uh, can take your service as well. And uh, and also I'll put uh, your website link on the screen. Uh, they can see it. And uh, can okay. you spell your website name so that my people who are listening to our conversation on podcast can listen? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's P-O-L-I-T-O-I-N-C.com. Polito Inc. Doc, I'm sorry. Yeah, PolitoInc.com. Yeah. Thank you, Fred. Uh, keep going, keep doing what you love, and at the same time, uh, keep uh, securing uh, people and uh, also be the reason for a lot of people's uh, wealth, uh, wealth Absolutely. security. Yeah, yeah. Anybody has any questions, uh, you can you can contact me anytime. If if you want to set up a cybersecurity business, uh, I'm happy to work with you and uh and help you do that so uh i think uh if, you, if you're interested in a career in cybersecurity, definitely reach out to me and even though i'm a small company uh, i can still at least offer advice and uh try and offer assistance wherever i can uh, can i put this video on my youtube channel with your permission yes can I also put this video and audio clip on my podcast, website, internet, social media, everywhere with your permission? Sure. <laughs> yeah, one last thing. Uh, what do you say about my questioning in this conversation? Uh, it's very interesting, and uh, I I definitely uh, enjoyed talking with you, and I hope to uh, talk with you more. Uh, thank you, Fred. Uh, keep going. Uh, and uh, keep uh, doing what you love. Okay, Sai, thank you.